It's the last stand. And here is your host, Brian Custer. That's right. It is the last stand. I'm Brian Custer. We bring you the biggest names in the sport. Joining me today is the former Unify, the former WBA welterweight champion of the world. You know him as one time. Keith Thurman is back with us on the last thing. One time, what's going on? How are you? What's good, Brian? How you been? <laughs> it's good to see you, my brother. And I'm excited because from my understanding, we are going to see one time back in action. August is what I've been told against another former welterweight champ. Tell me all about it. Yeah, you know, we, we've we had an interesting year. Um, at the top, you know, you work so hard to get to the top. And then you're finally here, and then you run into some politics. That's what happens in any industry. You know, I'm pretty sure just doing the job that you've done and making the name that you've you made for yourself, that you've run into a little bit of some issues here and there. But, you know, when you're good at your job, you're good at what you do, there's a demand and you can supply it. You're always going to be around. I'm a world-class fighter through and through, and um, I just love world-class competition. So we were trying to get Spence in the ring. You know, him and Crawford were going back and forth. Last year, it looked like it was falling out, so I was trying to slide in. This year, they were able to put it together. I waited patiently because I love big fights. You can look at my resume. I just love big fights. So that's not on uh, the calendar for me this year. So we're trying to put together, you know, uh, another respectable name. You know, somebody who's been around, who's a, a, a former world champion. And just one of those little comparisons, right? Uh, I just, I want to fight big, big names. And then, you know, after that, we're going to run out of names. We don't know what's happening with Spence Crawford, right? Can Thurman ever get in the mix? Are those boys going to move up to 54 when they're done fighting each other? You know, there's a lot of, there's still a lot of hearsay. You know, we got a boxing, we got to take it one piece at a time, just like chess, you know? So once that fight happens, there's a potential for a rematch. There's a potential for a trilogy here. Okay. People, people who don't understand boxing, they can't predict the weather. They can't, Look at the forecast. But your man, Keith Thurman, I know everything about boxing. This is my life, you know. So these boys got the potential to lock up the belts for the next, what's that? Mm, what, year and a half, right? Year and a half. These boys can be busy fighting each other, but fighters like me who are right there just won't get that shot, you know. So it's okay, though. There's great fights. There's great fights that can happen, and I still want to make great fights happen. There's... um Talks of some younger names that they've been slowly for the past year or two been saying these guys are coming up and they're going to need somebody. And, you know, Thurman loves big names. You know, these guys have been growing. Um, and I'm talking about the Virgil Ortiz's. I'm talking about the Boots Ennis, you know, um, and and we'll just see what manifests. But we just got to get back in that ring. Uh, we fought last year. I was trying to put two on the calendar. Um, the opportunity didn't uh, fall into place. So this time, once we get in the ring, not only do we got to get in the ring, give you guys an exciting fight, but we got to get the ball rolling and we got to get back on the bandwagon of fighting um, uh, a quicker turnaround. And that's what I look forward to uh, later on this year. Okay. So you, you talked about this uh, former welterweight champion, your Dennis Ugas. Um, talk to me about a Keith Thurman, your Dennis Ugas. What kind of fight are we going to see? You know, we got to, it's, it's still not locked in, man. You know, you're going off of, you're going off of side talks, you know, but um, it's a great fight, you know, so we'll, let's talk about it as it's a great fight, right? Mm -hmm. So we, we, we get the fight, uh, we, we get things to manifest. That's, that's a great fight. And um, Ugas, you know, he's, he's, he's done big things, right? I mean, he beat Pacquiao. I lost to Pacquiao, right? Pacquiao's retired. Thurman never gets to punch Pacquiao again, right? But there's a little redemption, right? If I, if I beat somebody who beat the guy who beat me, it's like, well, is Thurman really like, you know, that's when eventually you can say, you know, not only do styles make boxing, but athletes at a certain time of their careers, they're either more closer to that 100% or they're not quite 
um, at their optimal performance. My body's feeling great. Everything's feeling good this year. I believe that I'm optimal and I look forward to showcasing my skills and talent once again. And I believe that uh, it makes a good fight. Uh, Ugas's last uh, opponent was Errol Spence Jr., who was the opponent I was trying to get into the ring this year with. So we get that little thing, you know, like when he uh, he's fought some competition that I fought and there's a few little bit of competition that he's fought that I haven't fought. And that would have been like Kel Brook I never got in the ring with and Ugas I never got in the ring with. So it's just a good opportunity. You know, Kel Brook, he's been put the ringer. Spence busted him up. Crawford busted him up. The, the man's not as relevant. I think Ugas is more of a relevant fighter at the top that uh, can still make a great fight happen. Mm. I, I would I would think that this this would be a crucial fight because it would seem like the winner is right back there at the top when you talk about the welterweight div- division. Whereas the loser, boy, he talked. You want to talk about falling down? Now they may even consider him more of a gatekeeper, don't you think? So this is an interesting conversation. You know, I mean, I don't I don't want to. It's hard when you have ex world champions and then you just say, you know what, he's the next gatekeeper. You know, but this is a talk that um, we were starting to have uh, last year. Yeah. Uh, there was the um, there was the Broner fight that fell out here in Florida. And, and, and we were talking a little bit. And that's when I said, I'm not a gatekeeper. And if I'm a gatekeeper, you best believe that gate is welded shut. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> it don't don't act like I'm just some um, average, you know, that you can just utilize me to get your kid to that next level. You know, now. At that time, I didn't bring it up, but I did feel like we know, boxing fight fans know, that the gatekeeper of the welterweight division would automatically have been Sean Porter, Mm. okay? He fought everybody. He beat some. He lost to many great fighters, only losing to great fighters, you know? For whatever reason, Sean's had a full career. He's, he's taken the approach outside of the ring. He's a happy family man. You know, I grew up with him in the amateurs. I tip my hat off to his success story in general. What, what, what I've done in boxing, what Sean Porter's done in boxing, these are dreams coming true. True manifestations. When we used to fight for medals, we used to fight for trophies. We just wanted to make our mommies and our daddies proud. And then we became world champions, man. So like Bud Crawford, Errol Spence, Sean Porter, all the champions that I just grew up, grew up with seeing amateurs hearing about, I respect their success story, you know? So I'm not putting Sean down when I said that he would have automatically been the gatekeeper of the welterweight division. He announced his retirement after his last loss. So that opens up doors, but is there really a gatekeeper at 147? Hmm. Is Keith Thurman with one loss truly a gatekeeper? I think Ugas would be a better gatekeeper Because he is a former world champion, he has fought some big names, and he has struggled against, you know, certain people. Now, is he really a gatekeeper right now? Can you just call him a gatekeeper right now? No. But like you said, if if Thurman loses, Thurman might be the next gatekeeper. If Ugas loses, Ugas is the next gatekeeper. And why is that for those who might not really understand some of these terminologies? You climb up the ladder. You get to the top, you fall down and you take that, you know, you, you don't quit because you fall down. You try to climb up again. Now, in that second pursuit, that 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 second leg of of a fighter's career, as you try to get back to the top and if you fall back down again, then maybe you're never going to solidify yourself back at the top. And it's reasons like that. That the guys, you're, you're somewhere there, but you you cannot solidify yourself at the top. You proved, you fought some fighters, and, and, and you lost. He just fought Spence. If he loses to me, you know, they, they might throw him like a Virgil Ortiz, you mm-hmm. know? And his Virgil Ortiz, if he gets past Ugas, then that'd be evidence, you know? But it, it, it takes time, in my opinion, and it takes the losing to certain champions, ex-world champions at a certain stage of your career. And Ugas has more L's on the record than me. So I'm not just trying to say I'm a better fighter, Keith Thurman, this and that. I'm trying to take an unbiased approach and look at boxing at the beautiful sport that it is and where these terminologies truly come from. And, you know, my intentions is after I'm done, 
yeah, that boy's the next gatekeeper. You know, when Thurman's done with Ugas, y'all can just sign him up for whoever. <laughs> I love it. I love it. You know, you kind of mentioned this too. You know, after Spence Crawford fell apart that first time, listen, there was talk that we were going to get Errol Spence Jr. and Keith Thurman finally fighting one another. Um, how difficult uh, and disappointing was it for you to step aside now that they've, you know, obviously got the deal and are going to fight now. Yeah, you know, uh, you know, you can put, you know, a little salt, you know. It was a little salty taste, you know. It, it, it wasn't sweet, you know. Um, but at the end of the day, man, you know, like, I, I pride myself on making the biggest fights happen. And let's be honest, man. If this fight didn't manifest we would call some shenanigans. There's shenanigans. What's happening? You know, it took five years for Floyd. It took five, six years for Floyd Pacquiao to manifest. You know, I mean, I know create fight hype, make the drama, make the people want it, salivate, make make them hungry, make them thirsty. I'm starving. I want to see the greats. You know, I, I get it. But you know, um, there's a, there's another weird thing here. And now is the time in the moment, you know, uh, there was no reason for extra hesitation, but if they were going to, if they were going to keep clashing and not come up with a deal, Thurman would have popped right in. Right. Cause I'm not hard to negotiate with former champion, not current champion. I know my place in the sport. You get this percentage. I get that percentage and we throw hands, you know? So I think, this was just something that happened. Two big egos collide, you know, respectfully, you know, at the highest level, the highest degree of boxing, you know, and it, it just took a little bit of time, political issues, things like that. Looks like everybody worked it out. We we're all looking forward to it in Las Vegas. Um, it's history in the making without a doubt. Um, Hall of Famer, you know, whoever, whoever wins, you know, they're, they're, they're both guaranteed in the hall of fame anyways. Um, but at the end of the day, somebody's going to have a few more sentences underneath their name when, uh, when, when they get handed that plaque. What do you think this fight does for the sport? It's great, man. I mean, the welterweight division, um, you know, with, with everything that happened back in the day, it was the heavyweight division, right? But Floyd Mayweather, Manny Pacquiao, Oscar De La Hoya, Sugar Ray Leonard, you know, we, we have a plethora of amazing, athletic, entertaining fighters that have come out of the welterweight division throughout history, you know, and that's why I love competing at 147, you know, as not only do I believe that that's the division that I can dominate in, but at the end of the day, it's, it's the history of what it means to be a welterweight and to be a part of that history. It's, it's big. You know, and I feel like um, a lot of the fight fans know that they understand it and they're looking forward to champion, undefeated champion, fighting undefeated champion. It took some time, but it didn't take too much time. These boys are are um, not fully past their prime in any way. And I believe that we can uh, that we're going to see greatness. You know, uh, everyone's been asking who wins, who wins, who wins. And I say, look, man, if you ain't taking money out your pocket. You don't need to know. All you need to know is that it's greatness. Sit your butt down, buy the pay-per-view, tune in to greatness in the sport of boxing. This is this is what you want. This is what you wish Floyd did. You got to understand Floyd Mayweather with all of his accolades and one of the most TBE, one of the best ever to ever do it at any given time in the sport. Never unified the welterweight division. This is just history. You have to acknowledge it. And that's, I mean, I think that's why you're excited. I think that's why I'm excited. And I think that's why the whole world should be excited with this up and coming event. I'm certainly not going to ask you who wins it, but I love your boxing knowledge. You believe this fight will boil down to what? I mean, skills and determination. You know, you have you have highly qualified fighters, you know, and then what does it boil down to? It boils down to what everything boils down to at the top of every sport. Whoever makes the least mistakes. Gets victory. Hmm. All right. 
we can talk football. We can talk basketball. Okay. When it's, when it's game seven, fourth quarter, come on, man. There's a three pointer, two pointer, two pointer, three pointer. Huh, huh, huh. It's down to that final moment, down to the final hour. I, I mean, that's what I want to see. You know, I want to see the tug and war. I don't want to, when you, when you have great, you know, I'm making analogies with team sports, you know, but when you have great athletes competing, whether it's individual or at the team level, and you get to witness that tug and war, you can be on this side, you can be on that side, but you want to, you want your heart to beat. You, you want to feel that pound. You want that insecurity. Stop saying it's a, oh, Spence got this. Eh, nah, nah, nah. Oh, Crawford, he got this. Eh, nah, nah, nah. It's a pick em fight. Go ahead and pick them. Pick them if you want, but it's a pick em fight. You got to acknowledge when, when real great athletes are competing at the highest level that we can provide. And that's, to me, that's what makes boxing beautiful. That's what makes every sport so beautiful. The World Cup, you know, at the highest level, all you do is sit back in amazement, straight awe, straight fascination. You know, and, and that's, to me, that's that's what it's all about. Don't, don't, don't make it overcomplicated, you know. You don't have to know all the stats and all the statistics. And you just, just sit back and just eyes wide open. Enjoy. Enjoy it, you know. You are the spectator. Just engulf yourself into what is to manifest. You know, we had this uh, big fight earlier this year with a lot of similar hype, but it wasn't of this caliber. And I'm talking about Tank Davis versus Ryan Garcia, okay? It was not this caliber. It was nowhere in the ballpark of this caliber. And it showed. It showed. Tank showed. He outclassed his opponent. With all the hype, all this and that, yes, it sold. Yes, they did their thing. And they did their thing. It was a great event. But when it comes to boxing at its purest, at its finest, at the highest level, I mean, we're talking about 24 karat gold. There is no filler. This is not some 10 karat. There is no filler. You, you don't even get 24 karat in the States, baby. You got to go overseas to pick that stuff up. But we're giving you the purest of the pure. And that's what I love about it. I love it. Okay, so let's talk more about Keith Thurman because I heard at one point, and I know we had discussed this last year, but I heard at one point there was some talk of Keith Thurman even fighting Boots Ennis. How close did we come to that matchup? Um, I mean, there was not – I they they threw out Virgil last year. They, they throw out names, you know. It's, it's not – it's not concrete, you know, um, but in the near future, like I told, like, hey, like I be telling Al Heyman, if Virgil is who I got to see to feed my family on my next check, sign it. If Boots Ennis is who I got to see to feed my family on my next check, sign it, you know, but like I said, man, at the top. There's only so many moving pieces, you know, and I'm, I worked hard to be in a position of power like many fighters have in the past. Ain't no shame in my game. I, I tell it how it is, you know, there, there will be a time, there will be a place. Like I told Spence back in the day, I said, if you're the truth, then you're going to be around for a minute because Keith Thurman ain't going nowhere. And that's the truth. That's how I always felt about the Walter Wade division. I will always fight the best. I always want the biggest fights that I can get. So if the near future, the biggest fight is Boots Ennis, that it will manifest. You know, I'm not, I don't have to hide or, you know, duck or anything like that. I'm, this is what I do. I take on the best. I'm not worried about the young, the young guys coming up. You know, I've seen it all, you know, switchers and switch hitters and everything that he does. You know, he's phenomenal. He is an athlete. 
He he appears to be dangerous in the welterweight division. So was Keith Thurman coming up. You know, I was being avoided. I was being ducked. I was being dodged. I had to go through all the veterans. You know, no nobody wanted to give me my credit. And then we slowly started to hit some names on the real hit list. And, you know, it started with Robert the Ghost Guerrero. And then it, it went through, which even for me, Guerrero wasn't exciting. But I finally had a comparison to Floyd Mayweather. Floyd fought Guerrero. I fought Guerrero. And we got to play that game of his performance versus my performance. And, and that, you know, that's just how it is in boxing. Even though I never got to step in the ring with Floyd, you know, I, I liked finally getting some names that have done big things in the sport. You know, and um, respectfully, even though I always knew that I could dominate a fighter like Robert the Ghost Guerrero, he's done things in boxing um, throughout his throughout his days. So I respect that. And um, yeah, man, it is what it is. Like I said, I got to feed this family, man. Um, You know, and I love boxing. Um, I'm not done. I've had I've had time off. I've had we've had the covid thing, this and that. And the only thing about inactivity, the only positive thing about inactivity is you're not getting beat up, right? You're not beating yourself up in practice. You're not beating yourself up in the ring. And that means that I got um, plenty more years to uh, to squeeze out some performances. And I'm looking forward to it. I'm happy you you you, you brought that up because, you know, you did fight uh, Mario Barrios um, two and a half years after fighting Manny Pacquiao. Uh, it's going to be a year and a half since you last fought Barrios Injuries aside, put the injuries aside, why has, in your opinion, Keith Thurman been so inactive? Oh, this is a, this is interesting. So injuries aside, COVID was just a, a phenomena that took us by storm, right? And that was the main reason from that time gap that you just brought up, right? COVID was the main reason to get to the Barrios fight. Now, I'll be honest. I missed an opportunity. I got a phone call. They said, Keith, we want you to go to L.A. Fight in studios with no fans. Now, you got to understand. One, you're talking to Keith Thurman. Two, I just fought Manny Pacquiao in a packed arena. And now you're asking me to perform with nobody there. That I'm going to hear every word my coach says, you know, and I don't know if the film guy is going to be shouting out instructions. You know what I'm saying? Like, I, what's going to happen? We fighting in studios. The fighter that I am. Now, from a business perspective, I look back in retrospect, I should not have said no. They wanted to keep Thurman's name out there from the Pacquiao fight. They wanted to put me on the TV. They just wanted boxing to be entertaining because they know I delivered that. So they, they went to me first. When I said no thank you politely, that's when they called up Sean Porter and Sean Porter got that fight in studios. You know, they just wanted they just wanted to get sports moving back around. I didn't even ask, what are you putting on the table? How much money is it? I literally said the, the, the phone call didn't take more than three minutes. I said, that sounds like the most boring thing I ever heard of. Uh, hard pass. Like. Like, I, I need the fans. I need the adrenaline, you know. And um, like I said, in retrospect, uh, we should have just stayed busy. Um, I mean, but I had no clue. I had no clue what COVID was going to do. I had no clue that it was going to take that long to be in Mandalay Bay, to get a Barrios fight, to be with the fans once again, you know. And some people look at that performance and they say, you know, um, you know, man, shoot, Thurman rocked him several times. He could have stopped him, this and that. And I ain't going to lie, man. You know, it felt so good to be under those lights. I just want to put on a show, you know. And then I have another problem, which I talk about that tug and war, right? I got another problem. I want I want to give, I want you in the fight. I want you to show me what you trained for. I want you to show me your skills and talent. That's how much I believe in myself that I, I want you here. I want you fighting me. I want you showcasing what you got so that after you do that, I can just put my skills on top of that and show that whatever you bring to the table is not enough, you know? 
And I'm starting to realize that I'm playing with fire. You know, Thurman doesn't need to be putting in all these extra rounds, um, putting all these boxing performances, even though it was beautiful. I got a lot of compliments. They said, man, your boxing was beautiful. You schooled that boy. You couldn't tell that he was an ex-world champion. Some people were comparing like, oh, well, um, Tank stopped him. Tank stopped him. I heard Mario Barrio said on a podcast, you know, he was like, yeah, I know. I know what Tank did, man. But, you know, Thurman was different. You know, um, it's like. It's like I took away his fight spirit in the fight, like, you know, with my movement and just showed him that you, you know, you thought you had confidence in your boxing, but your boxing is somewhere on a elementary middle school level. You know what I'm saying? This is scholar. You know, I'm a, I'm a boxing scholar, you know, and I, I just wanted to take the boy to school. And uh, I did that, you know, but, um, uh, you know, I admire what Tank has done and I see what the world sees in the entertainment and uh, we, we might have to just start sitting back down on our punches and go back to hurting people uh, the way that it used to be done. Oh, wow. So it sounds like you're telling me one time is coming back. I mean, it's, you know, there's, there's a certain mindset, you know, and, and I've, I've heard comments, I've read comments, this and that, but there's a certain mindset. When you witness a knockout fighter, you know, we can just go back to Mike Tyson, you know, Mike Tyson was not playing around. There is a certain mindset and there's a certain exertion of energy that one needs to be willing to do when they're trying to knock people out. I mean, you can look at Deontay Wilder, you know what I'm saying? There's just, it's that knockout punch. And you really got to look for it. You set it up and you want to be explosive, you know. Throughout the years of my boxing career, as I became a world-class 12-round championship fighter, you know, you got to learn some in and outs. You got to be able to utilize the ring, circle, circle them with the jab, especially when you're fighting flat-footed Mexicans. No disrespect to the, to the Chicos, you know, they've done great things in the sport of boxing. You know, but there's that analogy of the flat footed, you know, he's the bull versus the Mountador. And, you know, you just you just use angles and you use your movement and you use some tactics, you know, and those have come in handy as I was as I was coming up fighting some of these guys. And then I got to showcase that Thurman is more than a puncher. He's a boxer too, boxer puncher, you know, but I just think the scale tipped a little bit too much on footwork, you know, utilization of certain things and not just, Hey man, thanks for coming, but we done, you know, I'm going I'm to wash my hands clean of this one. We're done, you know? And so I got to tip my hat back to, uh, to the tank, you know, and, and what I love about when I love about when I reflect, you know, I like to put myself in other fighter shoes. I don't know how many people do this, but I like to put myself in other fighter shoes. And the first thing you got to do is you got to recognize the ring name. Okay. When when Pretty Boy Floyd went from Pretty Boy Floyd to Money Mayweather and he never fought Keith Thurman and all he did was make a whole lot of money, it's not a surprise, okay? It's in the name. It's in the title, okay? Floyd, Money, Mayweather. Not Floyd, fight everybody that I need to fight Mayweather, okay? This is the difference, okay? But it's, it's a great success story. Not, another takeaway. Phenomenal, you know? I've always, I'm, there's no guarantee that I would even beat the man. The man was phenomenal. It is what it is. It's greatness. But I would have loved to have the opportunity to share the ring with a fighter like that. But Money Mayweather, you know, Errol Spence, truth, the truth, right? He comes from that Olympic status, similar to Mayweather, right? Um, you look at Tank. Come on, man. You can't bring a knife to a gunfight. You can't bring a 22 when I got a shotgun. Okay. But his name ain't shotgun people. Okay. His name's not even rocket launcher. Okay. It's a tank. Who can fight a tank? Okay. Not saying that the man's unbeatable. Okay. I'm not saying that I'm saying you gotta just in the title, just put yourself in their shoes. Because when Tank 
is setting up when Tank once he fires, it's <laughs> boy, they they rock you. They rock you, they shock you, and that's what a tank's all about. And I and I and I and I, and I love it, you know. And one time was similar. For me, who was doing the who who embodies that one time KO punch? Of course, I grew up embodying that. Then I saw Deontay Wilder. And I thought that was the definition of one time. I don't, if I ain't never known the definition of one time, you see that monster land a punch. This is not. Okay? So, and once again, bronze bomber. Boom, boom, boom. It's in the title. It's, it's, it's a psychological. We, we, we're, we're human beings. We embody the spirit of a warrior. To what degree? To what degree? Sweet Pete. Sweet Pete. Penel Whitaker. Boy, uh, 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 so sweet with it. So sweet with it. Uh, 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 uh. There's a sweetness to it. You know, like a, like when you get in the flower and you get that little nectar and that, that natural sweetness, that honey, that all natural, you know, that's, that's what it's all about. So one time, yeah, you know, we got to go back to one time. You know, they can play their games. They can say what they want to say once upon a time. But one time is a mindset. And as I get back into the original mindset of what it means to be Keith one time Thurman, I believe that it will showcase um, in my future fights. Will we see one time Keith Thurman fighting more actively and like twice a year going forward? Definitely. You know, we want, uh, we want to fight. Then we want a five-month turnaround. You know, six months maximum, but I would like a five month turnaround. Um, I believe there's a lot that we can do um, still in the welterweight division. There's all sorts of rumors, as you know, Brian, all sorts of rumors in the sport of boxing. Um, we don't know what's going to uh, happen in 154. If certain things happen, let's just long story short, if somehow in boxing, those belts get vacated right because of charlo those belts get vacated it'll entice names you know to like a thurman like other names that had full great careers at 147 to extend themselves up to 54 they always say when you're gonna move up champ you know is it, is it time to move up how are you doing at 47 you know crawford has stated he wants to move up spence has stated that he wants to move up you know I don't just want to move up, but there, there needs to be some opportunity. If, if doors open, then that, then things can happen, you know? And if these boys are busy fighting a trilogy and Thurman gets an opportunity to, to grab a belt before they can hop over there, then that's another little strategic. It's like, Hey, now that you're over here, I know you want one of these belts. Might as well make a big fight happen with a big name. So, you know, that's fantasy land. That's, you know, that's, predicting the the future and there ain't no glass ball in boxing you know but that's just my mindset as a fighter i just love the welterweight division nobody's happy with the belts being locked up uh but they but they are uh but we can still make great fights happen and that's what i want to do and one of the most important things as i do that is also just staying active you know if that means um staying out 147 and 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 waiting for those opportunities and those doors to open up here or possibly taking a few fights at 147 and then as soon as um a big opportunity uh in a weight class opens up you know somebody was asking me about uh who who were they asking me to fight they were asking me to fight um who isn't danny fighting orlando on the laura yeah, here's Landy Laura. Exactly. So that was a name that was being thrown around, but I was like, what division is that? You know, and then I was saying, uh, you know, what belt? You know, he's got like some regular belt or something. And it's like, okay, you know, when belts are on the line, it's enticing. I don't I don't want to just move up because I feel like eating more cheesecakes or anything like that. Like I'm I'm I don't like moving up. And the reason is there's a time and a place in a fighter's career where they move up. And I feel like that shows you what stage they're at in their career. And I've never felt forced uh, to move up or to move out of the division I love, which is the welterweight division. So I just want to stay here um, 
and 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 just milk the cow. I, I just love the welterweight division. But if if doors and opportunities open up, we we might take them in the future. Okay. Uh, do you do you believe that the winner of Spence Crawford is the best fighter on the planet? I mean, that's too much, you know. <laughs> Personally, you know, when you when you comes down to the best fighter on the planet, you know, um, there, you know, there's so many divisions, you know, and there's a preference in in styles, you know, so that's still one of those pound for pound things. Now, will they be acknowledged as I will say yes, you know, they they do they deserve to be acknowledged as, you know, there, there's nothing to argue against that. You know, and I mean, we're talking about like back in the day, right? Back in the day, you remember when Andre Ward went through the Super Six, right? When he dominated, how was Andre Ward not pound for pound number one, right? And do you remember why he wasn't pound for pound number one? Why is that? You don't remember? I don't remember. Floyd. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. Floyd was pound for pound number one. Yeah. Which had him at pound for pound number two. And guess what never gets talked about? Pound for pound number two. <laughs> <laughs> you know, when you, when you talk about the best, you only want to talk about the best. Yeah. You only want to talk about number one. They can give you that pound for pound list, this and that. Nobody remembers the names on the list. Unless if all you do is barbershop boxing talk for a living. I mean, nobody memorizes those names on the list, okay? But everybody will acknowledge the number one guy, the number one spot, you know? So um, I do believe that the winner will rightfully deserve pound for pound number one. Um, I mean, yeah, throughout the welterweight division, I mean, you know, um, they they both have great careers bud dominated one uh 140 and now he's fighting the biggest fight that he can fight at 147 he was uh and he and he's willing to just fight names in general so whoever wins you know i mean their resumes are gonna be very thorough hard to argue against and you know you gotta hey it's the fight game and it's the hype game, baby. So you got to have to hype somebody up. And we definitely hype up winners more than we hype up losers. That's just life. Talking to both of these guys, they both have voiced their disdain for Keith Thurman. So I guess my question is this. Do you believe that you will ever get to fight one of these guys? I think, you know, in the current pool of things, right? I mean... Uh, to be honest, Thurman could have fought Crawford if he was really as interested as they were saying after the Barrios fight. Easily, right? We could have, but like I said, man, they they have a reason to do what they're doing and it's a good reason, you know? Um, it's my fault to be in a sidestep position, Right? Thurman never loses to Pacquiao in 2019. These fights can never manifest without seeing Thurman. So it's a, it's a little bit of a domino effect. And this is why I compare boxing to chess. You know, they say, oh, Thurman, boom, he got knocked off the board. And then somebody like Brian Custer, he's going to talk about Keith Thurman. And then Bud Crawford and Spence are going to be like, that ain't a real piece. You know, what do you mean? I mean, you want to bring it back? Like, you got the pawn to the other side. Now you got two queens on the board. Like, what are you doing? What are you, like, yeah, he's, he's a powerful, he's a big name. Like, eh, he might, he kind of does deserve to be on the board. Like, ah, yeah, we could always bring Thurman back. But, you know, they, you know, they're doing, they're doing what they're doing. They're fighting each other. But this still is a fight that people want to see, you know. I always told people it's Thurman versus everybody. We cannot deny Thurman versus Bud Crawford, tremendous event. Thurman versus Errol Spence Jr., tremendous event, you know. But at the same time, while the getting is good, right, Thurman versus Bud, if that would have happened, you know, there's potential. You put in your undefeated record against a two-time former unified champion who's never been a pushover. And me, me, me and Spence, like, we don't, we don't really know each other. Me and Bud, we grew up together. That was my same Olympic year. 
He was at the Olympic trials when I was at the Olympic trials. You know, we know each other. He knows I've been a puncher since I had the long hair ponytail when I was 15, 16, 17 years old. You know, back in those days, they were calling me Samson. They said, you see that boy with that ponytail? Watch, oh, that boy Samson. He got that strength. You know, that, that strength. Ugh. You know, I was, I was dropping people back in the day. You know, um, so I always had that reputation, you know, uh, and Crawford, he's matured beautifully as a, as, as a, as a man, as a true athlete, you know, he's matured very well. I believe we've all matured very well in the sport of boxing, you know, so they are big fights. Um, but currently if I had a, if I had a look at the crystal ball, if I was to see those fighters in the ring, I would assume that for whatever reasons, it would be under their terms. And when they're done with this rodeo, they're hopping out of the welterweight division and Thurman might have to see Spence or Bud. And I will take winners. I will take losers. I do sign contracts and I will compromise and meet them at 54 if that's where they're trying to be in their career. So the answer is yes. There is still potential, you know. I mean, what? They're going to well, they're gonna be like Pacquiao? They're going to fight each other five times? How many times are they going to fight each other? You know what I mean? How many times do they really want to fight each other? You know? And if, they, if they're going to stick around in the sport and keep doing things and keep making a name for themselves and whoever loses and wants to rise back up and, 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 and make something of themselves, Thurman is just one of those names that will always be creditable. I got a, I might, I might miss a car payment because I'm lazy. You know what I mean? But in sport of boxing, I got all the way live credit, baby. My credit is is fully, you know, official, baby. You know, so that that's the way that I see it, man. That's where my confidence comes from. Um, that's why I'm able to continue to smile even when I don't get what I want. You know, I still get what I want. I'm a world class fighter. You cannot be disappointed with the life that I have, with the fans that I have, with 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 being able to do interviews with people like you at, that are at the forefront of the sport of boxing. You know. Um, I have a voice, you know, that loves to be heard. I talk to talk. I walk to walk. I'm one of the realest of the real. Like I've told people before, you know, I could take all the nicknames. You know, I remember when Broner was the problem. I've always been a problem. That's why I don't get fights, Brian, because I'm a problem. I'm a problem. And you want to know the other problem is when you fight Keith Thurman, you don't fight Keith Thurman for pennies. It costs money. Ask anybody. Oh, I'll fight Keith Thurman. Okay. You're going to fight him for how much? How much are you going to fight him for? You're just going to take whatever check they give you, or you're going to argue to make some money to fight Keith Thurman. Okay. So I'm, you know, I'm kind of that top shelf. You know, you don't, you don't just pull $20 out of your pocket, baby. I'm top shelf, man. You know what I mean? You don't, you know, you might as well just swipe the credit card because it's, it's just going to cost you. It's going to cost, it's going to cost you, uh, to get, to get me. And then it's going to cost you to get the opponent. No opponent of mine is just walking in the ring, taking, you know, pennies and, and nickels and dimes. It's, it's, it's tough. It's tough. It's tough. They, they'll, they'll fight a whole lot of other names. Oh yeah. What? I'll take that. I'll take that. You ready to fight Thurman? Hey man, can I get, and then negotiations start happening. So, you know, I, I've never outpriced myself back when they were talking about me and Bud saying, oh, Thurman asked for 10 million. I've never asked for 10 million. You know what I'm saying? I'm never going to ask. I need to know what you're going to present to me. I don't ask. You present, then we can start negotiating. Then I can ask. But I never just say, hey, I'm not going to fight. Who was that fighter recently said he ain't fighting for less than 10 million, 20 million, something like that. You know, so, you know, Keith Thurman's never made those kind of statements. And I never will because I just love boxing. I know where I come from and I'm happy to be here. You know, I'm pretty much a team player. Like I said, I'm the truth. I'm the problem. You know, you've seen your boy on, on Showtime. I'm Keith one time Thurman. Like every I feel like I'm everybody. You know, because I embody the boxing warrior spirit of what it means to be a true fighter through and through. You were talking about my layoffs in that time. But where am I? Where am I? Oh, Thurman's with his family. Thurman's this and that. Thurman's it. Where am I in my headspace? I'm always a gladiator. I'm always in the cage. I'm always waiting to come back to the arena. 
And that's what some people don't understand about Keith Thurman is that it's the mindset. Mm. Um, you, you mentioned him because of the ticket sales, the pay-per-view numbers now, the excitement that he brings. Uh, do you believe Tank Davis is one of the new is the new face of boxing? You know, they're they're pushing him as that, and he is. I mean, he's just entertaining. Mm-hmm. He's he's stopping people. He's beating some good names. He had a great uh, performance, a great hype show that was live, all the way live, lit, 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 lit. You know what I'm saying? So. You know, what's with that fire emoji, fire emoji, you know what I'm saying? Like, so you can't, you can't, you can't hate on that. You got to appreciate that. The networks are, are, are happy with everything that's happening, um, as they continue to promote, uh, Tank Davis and, you know, and he's a world-class talent and he, and he, and he's worked hard like all of us, uh, to do what he does. And, you know, some people, they get those windows, they get those opportunities, they, they get that spotlight. And then, you know, either they fall or they don't. He's been shining, you know. So, you know, um, definitely, you know, somewhere in the galaxy, you just say, hey, that's that's a star. Yeah. Interesting. Uh, you know, Keith, for everybody who supports and watches, we allow them to submit questions. Got a number of them for you. So we'll just get to a few of them. Uh, Ramel Lane asks, why do you take so long off between fights so often? They say a great boxer is a busy boxer. So do you think these long layoffs hurt you? Uh, they didn't help. You know, uh, we want, you know, but like I said, there was many, uh, reasons. It's really COVID didn't help at all. And then, you know, after Mario Barrios, uh, what, you know, we wanted, we wanted the names, and the names were talking to each other. Mm-hmm. So, like I said, at this at this stage, it's just the top. Um, and I like making exciting things happen. I'm sorry. I mean, I said no to fighting, to just letting you guys see Keith Thurman because there was going to be no fans. Of course, it would have been broadcasted nationwide. I would have been able to showcase my, my skills and my talent once again. But it didn't excite me. So, I'm a little selfish. Uh, you know, I apologize, you know. I should be doing it for you, but I signed up for boxing. I chose boxing. Boxing didn't choose me, and I have my reasons, and I have the re- and I have I have what I love in the sport, you know. And I might be a little too picky, and it might have hurt me to a degree. Uh, but at the end of the day, you know, uh, Keith Thurman is still just one of a kind, very special fighter to see, to witness, to hear at any given time in the sport of boxing. And that's what gives me the confidence that, like I said, I'm just a gladiator in the cage waiting to hit the arena any day of the week. Uh, Paul Pulls Punches asks, if you retire today, have you had a Hall of Fame career? Yes, sir. You can go to the Hall of Fame right now. Your boy's already there. I shouldn't even be there. You're supposed to be retired, you know. But um, they asked me at a certain time, some of the guys who – uh, orchestrate and do things out of the Hall of Fame out of New York. Uh, I gave them my trunks and outfit of when I unified the titles, the WBA and the WBC to Danny Garcia, you know, so they, they have a, a case, a showcase where they already have me there. So I know that I've done, uh, enough in the Walter Wade division that if I was done today, that I'd be a Hall of Famer. Um, you know, I know I could be right there next to next to you, you know, uh, co- commentating, grilling fighters, you know, because there's there's more to boxing than just boxing. You know, some people just box, but I can talk boxing, you know, uh, and and I love it. Uh, I've been getting some positive feedback. I remember after the Pacquiao fight, I worked uh, Spence uh, Porter and that was in Los Angeles. And after the event. You know, I was staying in downtown, so I went somewhere local downtown to grab some grub, and somebody was like, yo, Thurman, man, we love watching you fight, man, but you do your thing, man. You do your thing on that commentating. We love hearing your boxing talk, this and that. You know, so there's, you know, boxing, I can blend. I'm like a, a fish in water, you know. Um, it's, it's nothing for me. And But at the end of the day, I still have that burning fire and that passion, and I've always wanted a full career and um if I have it my way, like like as Burger King or McDonald's, if I can have it my way, then you know I'll be done at like thirty nine forty. Okay, 
uh, Jordan Stoddard asks, any chance you fight Boots next or the winner of Stanionis Ortiz? Yeah, actually, uh, you know, we believe that we'll probably get one before that. But with uh, Stanionis Ortiz, the winner of that, uh, you know, might create some hype. You know, this is what I mean by you got to watch things one step at a time, right? Um, Stanley Onis, you know, is, is not a pushover, but you know, um, he, he doesn't seem like he's gonna, um, dominate. Like he's, he's, he's a big threat. He's a very, um, stay busy fighter, very fundamental, um, um, Euro- European ish, you know, uh, boxing style, foreign boxing style, you know, Ortiz is, is a puncher, you know? If he was to land some kind of miraculous knockout, get some big hype, and then throw my name in the midst, boom, we can make it happen. You know, um, um, that, so that that's the thing. You know, it's the doors are open. You know, there's there's Virgil, there's Ennis, either one of them uh, we could be seeing in the near future. But which one is going to entice Keith Thurman? Which one? are the fans really, really going to want to see and why? And I believe that's, that's the, um, that's that thrill factor that any given, any given performance can kind of back some more hype behind you, you know? So let's just see what happens. You know, I already know what I do and what I bring to the sport. Uh, these young guys have been working hard, uh, fighting bigger names, uh, little by little. And, you know, everybody's gunning for a name, you know, and then the belts are locked up. So Thurman with those, those guys, those, those guys looking up, they're like, I see him. I see him. I see that Thurman. I see that one time. Get, get, can I get one time, one time, give me, give me that one time, but be careful what you wish for. Cause you just might get it, boy. <laughs> um, lastly, hip hop is real.com asks, where do you rank yourself as far as the top welterweights and do you still have a passion for the sport? Yeah, I don't care about the numbers no more, baby. We did it. We did it. We in it. We're going to always do it. Y'all can y'all can give me a number, man. What, what's the what's it say on the back? Y'all want to give me a number? What what number is it? You know what I'm saying? I don't I don't play number games um because I'm just two-time former world champion. Yeah. Um I still have, well, let's put it like this. Where does Keith Thurman rank? Okay. He obviously he's not a champion. Can't be ranked number one. There's two for, there's two champions right now. Can't be ranked number two. There's probably a regular champion, but Thurman's accomplished more than that, so he might be ranked above that. So see, there's a weird, it's just, just weird number games. I don't really care, you know, because the most important thing is being number one, you know, and that's what I've always strived for is get to the top. I fell down, watch me climb back, baby. This is, you know, this is doable. You know, at least I still have faith in myself, my skills, my talent, and, you know, the competition that's out there. You know, it still only takes one time, you know. These, they, I know I I haven't been giving you guys the knockouts and stuff, but anybody who fights me knows you better respect Keith Thurman's punching power. And you you probably underestimate in my uh, my movement and my ring IQ all at the same time. So, you know, I, I got, I got tons of confidence and numbers. I can care less. You, you give me a number. You want to make me number, you can make me number 10 in the top. I don't even care. You know what I'm saying? I'm at the top. I'm definitely higher than 10 though. Like, I don't care. You know, <laughs> I really, I really don't care because that's not what matters. Keith Thurman is an established name in the sport. You know, we need belts, but at a certain level, you become who you are. And that's who Keith Thurman is. And that's why people want to fight. Uh, the, the young guys want to try to make a name off of my name. But that's not easy work. It never has been and it never will be. Mm. Uh, all right, Keith Thurman, we have come to the last segment of the show. We call it The Last Stand. I'm going to give you a series of questions. You just give me the first thing that comes to your mind. You ready? Yeah. Both Errol Spence and Bud Crawford, as I said earlier, have voiced their disdain for Keith Thurman. Which one of those guys upsets you the most? Yeah, I mean, I could have negotiated a little bit more with, um, uh, I, I could have talked back to Crawford, but, you know, Spence knows. Spence, 
you you know the truth. And the truth is, I told you a long time ago that you can get this fight. I told you a long time ago to your face. So that you you already hear it, B. You got the answer. Got it. Does it upset you that so many people say you ducked Errol Spence Jr.? No, it doesn't upset me, you know. Um, it's boxing, baby, and I didn't duck nobody. Matter of fact, I mean, I wish the fight was happening. Because if anything, I Errol Spence should be thanking Keith Thurman, you know. I mean, at this point of the career, he'd be worth more money, where if I fought him back then, I was worth more money than him. He would have fought me for like 1.5. He might not even have made that at the time that he was asking for me. He He didn't have value. You know, and great fights deserve to have value. Spence Crawford is only as big as it it is because that's a presentation of the value, the overall value. Don't make me become an accountant. Don't make me do the math for you boys. Okay, it's just simple math, status, whatever. You know, and yeah, he don't he don't really want it. That's the truth. The truth is he don't really want it because if you wanted it, you could have got it. You know, if you wanted it, you could have got it. And then you could have easily told Crawford, you could have easily told him, man, look, I beat this guy, that guy. Yeah, you beat a few, but I beat Thurman too and this and that. And, you know, you don't have the resume I have. You take your 40%, I take 60 and we make this fight happen. So, you know, but yeah, it is what it is, man. Mm. They know, they know, they put that, they put that record on the line against Thurman. You know, it's a little bit of a rocky boat. You've talked about those two young guns in the welterweight division. Which one you think, is the big next big thing at welterweight. Is it Jerome Boots Ennis or is it Virgil Ortiz? I mean, to be honest, I would like to see them fight each other so we don't have the debate, right? Um, just like, you know, you make these great fighters fight each other. But the problem is the value. Like I said, the value. What's the value of them two fighting each other? There needs to be a belt on the line. There is no belt on the line. It's hard to, you know, excrete the true value of having undefeated fighters like that fight each other to see who really is um, the next one, you know, but um, both very, very talented. You know, um, I like what Ennis brings in the ring as far as athleticism more, but, you know, sometimes that doesn't matter if you end up getting caught on the chinny chin chin and or Ortiz does have that, uh, that power, but I, I think his overall, um, uh, defense um, is still skeptical. Um, what is the one thing that Keith Thurman hasn't done yet in this sport that you still want to accomplish? The Pacquiao fight was a dream come true. That packed house, that arena, you know, there was so much adrenaline. There was so much emotion. Um, I could have fought to the death that night, you know? So, you know, I live for the thrill, man. I'm like, I'm like evil Knievel, you know what I'm saying? But instead of jumping over mountains, I, I want a body in front of me. You know, I want a world-class fighter in front of me, you know? So, uh, you know, I wear red, white, and blue because boxing is my American dream, man. I'm just happy to be here. Um, and all I want to do before it's all done is prove what kind of champion Thurman is, that some champions might have their falls. But that comeback story, that comeback story, you know, when you watch the movie and then you get that tear, that, okay, that's what I want. I, I, I want that comeback. I want that real. I want that real thrill of the comeback and that when people hear my story, you know, it's motivational. And then, you know, they hit that violin note just right and, and they might shed some tears. You know, there was that uh, beautiful movie that came out with George Foreman. Uh, for, for those fight fans that didn't uh, get to see it, whenever you get an opportunity to see it, you should definitely tune in. Um, not only is it a great American story, um, it's a great African story. Um, it's, 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 it's a great family story. It's, it's got the love of God. It's just got so many positive things, you know, um, um, Don King wasn't really in it, you know, even though we know that Don King was influ influential of that time, but it overall, they painted a nice picture, um, of, of the fighter that he was, and, and, I, and I love that movie. So uh, if, I, if I could just have a career that, you know, has one of those kind of stories, you know, then for me, that's all that matters. But I'm, I'm always happy to be here every step of the way. Last but not least, will Keith Thurman 
be a world champion again at 147 or 154? Yes, yes, yes. You know, that's that's what we're here for. You know, um, we're not here. There, There is no white flag. I have not surrendered. Okay. Uh, you know, I might be a welterweight, but these hands right here, these hands right here, uh, they've always been heavy. You know, you know, they always been heavy. So, you know, I mean, like I said, man, it's, I love the sport. I love making great things happen. And I definitely have the desire to be champion once again, without a doubt. Love it. Listen, uh, that's what we do here on the last day. We bring you the biggest names in the sport and in the welterweight division. Keith, one-time Thurman is without a doubt still one of the biggest and the best. My brother, I can't wait to see you back in the ring. We appreciate your time. Thank you, Brian. Thank you so much. That's, that's what we do. Thanks for watching. Last day, we'll see you again next week.